Welcome to the Influential Nonprofit, the show for nonprofit leaders to grow their influence so they can grow their income and impact. Now, here's your host, Marianne Dersch. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Influential Nonprofit. I'm your host, Marianne. I work with nonprofit leaders to master the art of influence so they can ask for and receive anything they want without feeling the big three and rejected and effective or pushy. And this week, I am with my new friend, Zach, and I'm going to say it right, Tanasi Lankel. How'd I perfect. do? Oh, perfect. You. So good. You're so good. Thank you. You are also a nonprofit communications coach. And I, we met on, there's a little forum that we're on for consultants and that's how we connected. And I love Zach. I love his vibe. I love his approach. And I wanted him to share all of that with you today. You are a communications coach and founder of Mission Driven Impact, a training company that helps nonprofits raise money by communing their impact effectively online. So that is so needed. And we're going to get into that. But before we do, I always ask the same question to start with, which is, tell me something that you are proud of that you don't get to brag about a lot. I don't get to brag about a lot. You know, Mary, I want to, something I should have told you is that in our last call, you left me with the question, what would the queen do? And you said, that's a big part <laughs> of your brand. And lately, I have been finding myself just that thought popping into my head. I'd be like, Zach, like, what would the queen do? And, uh, <laughs> and I find myself, you know, maybe enforcing some personal boundaries. I find myself attacking my work with a lot more motivation and like a healthy kind of aggression. I find myself just sort of, I don't know, embodying a different version of myself sometimes when I think about that. Right. I, think, I don't give myself enough credit for that. And so that's what I want to, that's what Yay. I want to brag about. Yeah. But that's because of you. That's a direct result of you. Well, Thank you so much. Because I think I was sharing a story of how like a client that I'm like, can you make me a report? And I was like, oh, because the reward report just makes me tired. And it wasn't really going to be helpful for them or serve me or, you know, it just, that's not what they really needed. But guiding them to an understanding, like, wait, what would the queen do? What? No, the queen would have the conversation, right? The queen, like, like staying on the throne, no matter the outcome. And I've had so many conversations with people in the last couple of weeks where I'm saying like, Right, you know, about staying on the throne no matter the external circumstance, right? Like sometimes I love that energy so much. I know, me too. It's oh and you know, like you said, sometimes you kinda get knocked off. You know, we're human, and then you're like, wait, hold on, what would the queen do? (laughs) And then the people who take my course, I have this box, like this welcome box, and I give them a a keychain that's a a crown so they can remember their queens everywhere they go. So <laughs> so thank you for that. And I'm so glad. And you are in Fort Lauderdale, correct, right now? Yeah, for the past six weeks and the next three, hanging out in Fort Lauderdale, just outside of Miami. Before that, I was in Mexico, Colombia. New York is home for me, though. And that's okay. eventually where I'll find myself again. So you're just kind of bopping around right now. Hey, wherever the wind blows, I got kids these go. days, man. This is this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kids, you know. All right, so let let full spirit. <laughs> yeah, I have youthful spirit. I do, and also I'm not. Yeah, so 
I'm also kind of like, well, I just spent, we spent a lot of time and a lot of money working on our home. So like, I'm very happy to like be in that, right? I don't really want to go a lot of places right now. Okay. So let's talk about communicating online. What I like about you and your message is it's about doing things like with purpose and spirit and heart and all of those good things, which I love. So let's just first talk about what do you feel like are some common misconceptions or or misunderstandings that people have, uh, you know, that nonprofits have about marketing, digital marketing? I think every time I get asked this question, I have a different answer based on the last conversation I have. Uh, but I'll tell you the answer I've got today, which is I think people think that digital marketing is something that has to be so different, different than how relationships work in general, different than how marketing has worked in the past. People think that digital marketing is this very special kind of different, unique thing. Really what it comes down to is, do you know who you're speaking to? Do you know what it is that you have to say to them? Do you have a way of getting in front of them and getting that attention? Do you have something worth saying? Um, those are all fundamental questions, whether you're in ancient Greece or the 1920s or 2050 and whatever comes next when ChatGPT you know, takes over the world. Like Digital marketing isn't all that different from human relationships. You got to get in front of somebody, you got to have something worth saying, and you got to lead them to where ultimately a decision they can make that helps themselves. And so that's my answer for today. Right. So people think it's really different. They have to adopt a new set of relationship rules. When really it's the same guidelines that we know in any right when forming any kind of relationship in person online, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, it is. I, something I heard just like earlier in the week, but as a nonprofit, I'm not working with them, but a friend of mine, you know, their, their Facebook ads got banned for whatever reason. And you know, it happens all the time. It happens to the best of us. And they were like, Oh my God, our ads got banned. How are we ever gonna get in front of our target audience? I was like, Well, Facebook ads aren't the way you grow a nonprofit. Getting in front of people is. And that's just one way that you do it. And so you can't lose sight of the bigger issue. People come to me all the time. And they say, Zach, we need to fix our social media or our SEO and things like that. And all of that is great. All of those can be really powerful things. But let's not lose sight of the bigger thing. They're just ways that we get in front of people, that we earn attention, and that we're able to turn that into opportunity and eventually action support. So is that what makes one you know, campaign or effort work better than another is because of like what you just said. They see the bigger picture, like, because like how I see it is all the social media and all of that, that's kind of the top of the pipeline, right? And that's driving people into something which is driving them to like, so it's all kind of funneling into the organization. And that's what I see as people being successful. What do you feel like, what makes a communication effective like, why would one organization be effective and one not? Yeah, there's a couple of different reasons for that. One thing that comes to my mind is that a couple of weeks ago, I attended the Nonprofit Marketing Summit by Community Boost. Yeah. Fire. It's my first time. Incredible virtual conference, incredible conference, really great people. But one of the most impactful sessions that I went to was hosted by Victoria Harrison, the co-founder of Charity Water. And, you know, they are... Charity Water is like the poster child, I think, for nonprofit right. marketing going yeah. right right now, you know? But she said the number one thing she sees that separates different initiatives, the successful from the unsuccessful, is strategy. There's random acts of marketing, ill nonprofit projects, and really just projects in general. 
And so there has to be a thoughtful strategy for me. And when I work with clients, and of course, it's not just my thing. I think the most successful people, when we go out and do this kind of work, the strategy maps to human relationships because ultimately it is a relationship business, right? We're trying to get to know somebody and say, hey, we've got this cool thing going on. Here's a movement. Here's a vision of the world we want to create. Do you want to be a part of it? That's not any different than, you know, me going out and asking someone to go on a date or going and making new friends or business connections, you know, uh, we're all doing the same thing. And so that strategy piece is there, but really all that a strategy is, is just how do we guide people through these steps of a relationship? That's where all the tactics come into play. Does that make sense? Yeah. I love that random acts of marketing. <laughs> I feel a lot of people who are listening right now that may describe their, their <laughs> marketing program. Like, well, we do a little of this and a little of this. And when we have time, we do this. And also it is about, and I'm so passionate about this, about sharing a vision, right? Like here's, here's our vision. What's yours? Do they align? If so, let's connect, right? Like sharing that vision that you have. And then from that, then leading to something. Because what I think, I don't know what you think, is sometimes I think people like, well, if I can do it on social media, then I don't have to do the scary part right? Like they want the social media to take the place of the relationship building because sometimes that can be feel a little overwhelming yeah. or scary. Yeah. I love that you just brought up vision. I want to touch on something that if you are a leader in any way, whether you're the executive director of a nonprofit or you're just leading a department or you're just leading yourself, any position where you find yourself in leadership, your ability to grow and meet that capacity and expand that capacity within yourself, within your team, within your organization is directly related to how well you can cast a vision and get people to believe in it. And when you ask like what separates successful initiatives from other ones, it is oftentimes how well has that vision been cast? How well do you communicate something worth saying so that people feel invited into, we always say, you got to invite people into a story. It's that story, it's that movement. And so that's, you know, just when you said vision, that's such a key thing. In fact, it might be the central piece. Yeah. You know, I think we're moving away from kind of like the lower energetic of, you know, relieve this pain, stop this problem. But then like, what's on the other side of that, right? What's on the other? And that's the vision. If I'm keeping kids off the streets, then what's on the other side of that? What am I creating? Right. And that's what people, that's the higher order. I think that people get excited about and I think that's why you and I connected so much because we both have that, you know, it's about, I mean, it's a higher vibe activity, right? Because it's inviting people into this where they can see their highest ideals and values reflected. My friend, Amy Fazio, she is an amazing community builder for nonprofits. She says, people come for the cause, they stay for the community. And I think that's one of the truest things I've ever heard is like people stay because they feel connected to something greater than themselves. And, and part of that connection is, you know, helping and just relieve suffering. But a lot of it is because they feel connected to something bigger than themselves. All right. Here's one I want to share with you. I've had conversations on this podcast before because so I don't think marketing gets a lot of credit or credibility. And I think sometimes marketing communication leaders inside organizations, often they aren't seen as as credible or as important. And I have a theory about this. And I think it's because really good marketing looks effortless, right? Like when you're bored, like, oh, that campaign, like, so like charity water, like it feels so good and so easy. 
but it feels good and easy because somebody took a lot of time to make it like that. So I feel like sometimes marketing has a hard time understanding and being able to communicate its impact, right? So how can we measure the impact of what you're doing? Like how can, because again, like I think it feels, sometimes it feels easy or it feels really sketchy. Like, well, you know, what is all this amounting to? So how do we understand what a successful initiative looks like? I mean, in terms of the the marketing piece specifically, I think there's a couple of different angles and it depends who you're talking to. Are you trying to get buy-in for your board, executive buy-in? Are you trying to convince yourself that your job is worth doing? You know, it depends who you're, who you're talking to. I think a couple of studies that I cite all the time is the Nonprofit Marketing Guide. And I hope I'm not getting these mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it's the Nonprofit Marketing Guide put out a study that showed that an effective brand story or storytelling within your brand, by leveraging that effectively, I should say, nonprofits can see an average donation increase of 10 to 15%. I think Blackboard put a study that showed effective brand storytelling sometimes can increase the efficacy of like a giving day campaign, for instance, by up to 35%. Right on. So there's tangible, measurable ROI in what we do as storytellers. As storytellers, which is what I think the, the key role of any marketer and communications person is, especially in nonprofits, especially when we're working toward social justice and empowerment and things like that. When we are telling stories, what we're doing is moving people toward action. And so, yeah, I have lots of love for all my fundraisers and CFREs out there. And obviously that work is critical, but it's not that much different because if you're walking into a funding meeting and sharing a story, that's not really any different than if I'm popping my email list and sharing a story. All of these things have to work together. They have to be cohesive. And so I think, just to kind of answer your question in a little bit different way, I think the reason that a lot of communications, marketing, branding people, nonprofits don't get that recognition is because it's seen as something that's so different. We're all doing the same thing. We're just reaching different people and doing it in a little bit of a different way. Marketing, communications, storytelling, that touches every single person, every single role in our organization. So we got to stop thinking that we're we're doing something different and that one of us is maybe closer to the money than the other. We're all doing the same thing. Right. We're all doing the same thing in a bit of a different way. Yeah. And I love those studies because I have not heard that before. And I do feel like sometimes it's hard to, it can be hard to measure the impact, right, of what you're doing. And like, if you don't understand how to do it, Okay, so what do you feel like? What's the next big thing? What's coming? What should we be ready for? In marketing? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always have a double-sided, I think, way that I think about this. One is that, I mean, you don't have to be a genius to see that. Facebook changes its algorithm every day. Instagram, there's ChatGPT. There's like 50 new AI tools every day that are coming out. So obviously, you know, it would be irresponsible to say that we shouldn't be watching out for different algorithm changes, whether it's Google search or Facebook, Instagram, social media, things like that. TikTok. Now I just saw on LinkedIn that like TikTok's parent company launched a separate thing, Lemonade or something. Like yeah, that. I saw that. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. You know, um, obviously AI is going to have a huge role to play in every part that we do in nonprofits. That said, I think that it is so easy to get caught up in thinking that we should be or that we have to be ahead of the curve. I find that oftentimes with my clients, the most successful ones are people that just execute the fundamentals really well. And I think I'm in my own business and in my own life, one of my core values, minimalism, simplicity, simplicity in business, simplicity in how we get in front of people, simplicity in how we talk to people. And so I think 
what's coming, AI, algorithm changes, things like that. Sure, you can stay ahead of the curve by, you know, carving out some time for learning and books. And there's lots of great people to follow on LinkedIn and go to conferences. And there's so many good resources out there. But I think the way to truly stay, quote unquote, ahead of the curve in a way that's going to benefit you is don't get caught up in chasing the curve. Don't try to ride the wave. Stick with the fundamentals. Can chat GPT or AI help me with this fundamental task? If yes, then awesome. 10x your output. If not, then who cares? Let everyone else use it. You know, I use it a lot, but people who are 10 times as successful as me don't, you know, it's just a matter of how do you execute on the fundamentals? How do you keep things in that, like what Greg McCown calls like the, the essential few? How well do you do that essential few, uh, that essential few? And then how do you, you know, do that more effectively? If that is catching the wave and riding the trends, then so be it. If not, don't worry about it. I love that. I feel like we get a lot of pressure, like, oh, have you heard of this? You should do this. And you're like, why, what? You know, and you feel like you have to do a lot of things. And like, really, it's the fundamentals and staying with that. And it is simple, right? So what is your background? How did you get into this and a little bit more about your business and how you work with clients? Yeah. Well, long story short, I spent eight years in the university system, bouncing around school to school and got a couple degrees along the way. And I always thought that I was going to go through and just be a researcher, be in academia. Um, I studied community development and philosophy and economics together. And I was starting to apply for PhDs, just finished my master's degree. And I just had this huge existential moment. And I thought, I want my life to mean something. I just don't think that this is the way that I can serve at my highest contribution in the world. But I had never thought about anything else that anyone could ever do. I mean, I was, I remember sitting on my couch, I was living in Denver, Colorado at the time, and just thinking, what do people do except for be professors? I didn't, didn't even know what's out there. You know? <laughs> but Marianne, I always say that I'm good at two and a half things in life, and one of them is writing. And so I started freelance copywriting. And I started getting some recognition for that. So I built out a marketing agency. We started focusing on nonprofits. But the more successful we got, the less I liked it. And because for me, I think I've always been an educator. I think that's what always drew me to the university system and to being a professor. I wanted to build capacity and actually empower people by instilling knowledge in people, right? By upskilling people. And being an agency is great. And there are a ton of great nonprofit agencies and they do good work and they're super important to the, to the sector. But for me, I felt like when we would leave clients, they'd be back at square one. And I wanted to have more of that education and strategy piece really. And so that's what we started doing now, which is the communications training, the education. Sometimes I fly around and give workshops. I have a 12-week program. I've recently been experimenting with VIP days, which have been going really well. So that education piece is really at the core of everything that I do. Anyone ever comes and work with me, you're going to learn a lesson or two and you're going to be better off for it. So what's the 12-week program? What does that look like? Our flagship program is called the Mission Driven Marketing System. And I walk you through three pillars, clarifying your message, simplifying your supporter journey and attracting an engaged audience. And really, I mean, like I said, Marianne, I'm a big proponent of simplicity. We just answer six questions. Who am I speaking to? What do I have to say to them? Where are my people hanging out? How do I get in front of them? And then how do I turn attention into opportunity? And how do I turn opportunity into action? Now, like I've been experimenting with doing this more in like a VIP day style or like workshop style training, but the content is always the same. You have to answer those six questions. How you answer them, whether it's Facebook ads, SEO, whether it's email list, webinars, you know, whatever it is, that's up to your individual situation. But you cannot have a marketing plan that will scale, that will not even just scale, that can't have a marketing plan that works if you don't have those six questions. Then where we take it is up to you. I love every word of that. <laughs> that's, 
And like, there's a lot of affinity because one of the things that you said, you know, attention is to opportunity, opportunity into action. And I'll just give you an example. I was, I have a model. It's, you know, it's like the kind of the uh, donor pipeline, right? Like, and it's, we probably have a lot of the same philosophies, tools, but, you know, awareness and interest, connection, action. And I was doing a workshop with one of my clients, shout out sisters of St. Joseph of Carondelet. I don't know if you know, the sisters are like badasses, man. These ladies are cool and they do some awesome work. But anyway, I'm with the mission advancement and communications team and we're working through this day and I can feel the energy kind of waning at this one point. And I put this thing up on the wall and I said, this is how you all are connected, right? So if somebody, if communication sends out an email and somebody's like, you know, the weekly email and somebody responds to it says, wow, this is so cool. That's interest right now. That tension, right? And your model, that's opportunity, right? Oh, wait, now I'm going to send this to advancement, mission advancement, because they can turn that opportunity into action, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's all part of like, that flow down into it. And once I put that up, they're like, oh my God, that makes sense. <laughs> like, here's how we are. Like, because they didn't see it as a pipeline. They saw it as we're here and you're here. Like, wait, we're all part of this pipeline. And I think it's so important to understand how attention turns into opportunity. Because I think, this is my experience, people stir up a lot of attention. They always don't channel that into creating opportunity, right? And I think that's the big thing for me around marketing is how can we turn all of this energy that we're stirring up into opportunities, right? For, for people to either give or get involved somehow. Yeah. I mean, I hear that all the time and I'm sure you do too. It's so pervasive in the way we talk about, hey, I want on social media, for example, I want to go viral or I want to rank number one on Google. I want to bring, you know, a thousand new visitors month over month to my site. I would say if I brought a million people, if I brought the whole world to your website, what then? And most people don't have, at least most people that, that I work with, especially in the early stages, don't have the proper infrastructure to, you know, if I gave you all the attention you could ever want, do you have a systematic process to do something with it? I think most people think that attention is what they need. They just need to be seen. And obviously that's a critical piece of the equation, but being seen isn't quite enough if you don't have a way to do something with that. And I mean, you and I, I know we like to talk about energy and things. Energy flows your way. Where are you channeling it to next? A lot of people haven't thought about that piece. And so you got to have the infrastructure in place. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And to just really understand, like, always be thinking about what comes next, what comes next, right? So the other thing I love about what you do is we both have the same approach to serving people like I'm a coach, I'm not a consultant, right? Like I have programs that I can help you with. And I, you know, like I have programs that like I have, you know, my foundational program, I uplevel your influence course, you have, you know, your flagship program. Like it's a different approach and a same as you, I, this is what I saw that really moved the needle that created the kind of change that people wanted. Again, I worked for an agency for many years and get like you, it's good work, you know? And also when I started this business, I could see that there was an opportunity to really help people stand in their value. Like, because marketing takes receptivity, right? If you're afraid to be seen, if you're afraid of criticism, right? Because the bigger you play, the more you're open to, you know, praise and criticism and all the 
stuff people are going to throw at you. And if that feels intimidating, you're feeling like unwittingly shut something down, right? Like, or just put some blocks to it. It's so really opening up those channels of receptivity. So, and like you, this is a model that feels really good to me. And so it's good because I love this model of because what Zach and I do is we take what we're really good at and we package it, right? And we sell it over and over and over again, tailored to people, but it's different than, right? Like we're inviting you in to our program, right? Instead of saying, hey, Marianne, like, you know, here's a proposal. Will you like, here's, this is what I think of proposals, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like we were, we got on WebMD and we figured out what we're sick with and we would like you to fix it. And how much money would that be? Like, that's a model that I feel like does not work for me. And I just found a, this, I feel like this model serves people and because I'm increasing their capacity, right? So after you and I are gone, they're able to sustain the change that they want. That's what I want for them, right? Like that's ultimately what, what we want. And also I know people need help with like the day-to-day stuff that like I say, I don't, that's not what I do. And so there's a role for that, but there's also, I love that there's more and more folks like you and me who are, have this different kind of model, right. For helping organizations create change rather than the more traditional, you know, proposal plan, you know, model, which is good for some people that just didn't work for me. Yeah, totally. That education right, is missing. We talk all the time about in, whether it's in economics and development, whether it's in, you know, our professional development, things like that. Education is always the critical piece, right? Education, you know, for instance, I remember this study that I did in grad school that like simply investing, you know, $1 into education for young girls in a developing country has like, I don't know, like a trillion, bajillion dollars worth of impact. You know, it's like education is the cornerstone of everything. But in nonprofits, you know, especially as you climb the ranks of leadership, working 70, 80 hours a week, like your brain is pulled in so many different directions that you can't think clearly. And so working with someone like you, Marianne, it's like, okay, here's the time where we're going to engage in that learning. And that ROI, as you go into the future, almost invaluable. Yeah. And also one of the things that I talk about is, you know, people you give from the overflow, not the depths of the well. And by learning education, that fills the well, right? Like that it's exciting and it's expiring to learn, to like get your brain going and to see the world in a different way. And I think that's, I see that as a very, people are excited to learn. They're excited to learn something new. They're excited to, you know, like I said, get a new perspective, you know, for you in what they do. All right. So what's next for you? Besides like where, what city you're going to be in next, like where's the business going? What's the future look like? You know, it's funny. I got to, we got to be in a new city in three weeks. I have no idea what it's going to be. Maybe a Puerto Rico, San Juan. We'll see. In terms of the business, my plan for this quarter, I'll let you know, is really experimenting with the VIP days. Uh, It's something that I've been sort of just sliding in as like a, in the back of my pocket. Uh, What is that expression? Car in the back pocket, whatever it is. Um, You know. (laughs) I've been sliding it into my conversations and uh, have been doing a few of them here and there and been really successful. And it's kind of condensing, obviously not everything we can do in 12 weeks, but really taking the core and the meat of that planning, that road mapping, some of the foundational branding and marketing asset creation and doing it in the span of like 24 to 48 hours um, has just been really, really powerful. And so 
I have a hypothesis that that might be where I want to go. So we're testing that out this quarter. So that's really that. Apart from that, I think the second thing would be lots of speaking. So podcasts, speaking on stages. I have the privilege of going to the AFP Icon conference this weekend. And so just appearing in a lot more rooms and uh, becoming a little bit more visible. And I think to things that you do, learning how to be in my own kingdom of it, right? And say that <laughs> I, just as I coach my clients on having something worth saying, it's I have something worth saying as well. And I need to be more visible despite the blocks that I have and the hesitations that I have. You know, it's something that comes through repetition and through practice and through intention. Right. Um, and so that's a big thing for me this year. That's awesome. And, you know, we work on that too, right? Like, like Marlene, I, I can't take anybody any any higher than I'm willing to go. So like, you and I are stretching so that, and we're growing so that, you know, we can bring other people with us and be the embodiment. I can't ask, like, I say this all the time. I can't say, well, I'm good, right? I don't... I, I just want you to get better, but me, I'm cool. Like, like I, if I want somebody to up level, I, I, good leaders go first. That's what I'm saying. And I'm excited to have you here and help you with your visibility and connect with new people. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? I think if this conversation resonated with you, the best place to get more is my LinkedIn. You can search my name, just like T-H-A-N-A. It'll start coming up. Just look for the name. It's really long. But that there I post daily tips, mindsets marketing tips, all sorts of things every day. And so that's absolutely the best place to get in touch with me. In fact, if you were like, I want to take the next step, you know, send me a DM. I'm happy to send you the resources that I use with clients. That is thing to uh, bless you, Marianne, and, and your audience. I'm happy to do. Thank but you. It all starts on LinkedIn. So get over there. All right. And we'll put the link in the show notes so you can grab that and stay in touch with Zach. And it's just a joy to be in your presence, I have to say. Thank you for spending time with me today. I feel the exact same way about you. And so um, I think this is a start to something very beautiful. I know. We're going to have to figure out some collaborative thing we can do one day. Okay. And my last question is always, now you're all around the world, so I'm going to have to find you. Although you may be in St. Louis, right? I think you're saying. So if we ever wind up at karaoke together, because then you say you have a friend at WashU or something, right? Like, <laughs> if we ever wind up at karaoke together, the divier the better for me. I like, you know, like like me, I like things just a little bit broken. Uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? Well, good question. I'm Asian American, so when I think about karaoke, it's like, you know, Korean style, private back room. You're there until like 8 a.m. the next day. I think if we're uh, in a nice little dive bar, I'm going Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. I love that. I love Fleetwood Mac. I love that song. Stevie Nicks is like Wonder Woman. You know, if I, I know half the person Stevie Nicks is, I would die. I, yes, 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 yes. Like, <laughs> I love the chain. Like, I just like, I love, well, so <laughs> when I was growing up, my brother had a band. He still does. But when I was growing up, he had a band in our basement. So I was like 10 or 11. They practiced the Fleetwood Mac Rumors album like over and over. So I like memorized <laughs> that. And I, when they weren't there, because I wasn't allowed to go in the room and they weren't there. And I would like, you know, my best friend and I would like pretend we were Stevie Nicks. <laughs> That's the dream. That's the dream. I know, right? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Zach, thank you for being here. And um, we will put the uh, your how to contact you in the show notes. And best of luck wherever, whatever city you land in next. I'm insane. You're such a blessing, Marianne. Thank you. Thanks. 
And that's it for this episode of The Influential Nonprofit. If you want to connect with me more, there are also a link in the show notes. You can book a 15-minute quickie intro call with me. You can talk any more about all that I work on with people to, you know, stay on the throne. <laughs> right? And that's it for this episode of The Influential Nonprofit. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Influential Nonprofit with your host, Marianne Dersh. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Also, check out theinfluentialnonprofit.com for more resources on growing your influence so you can raise more and do more.